praise. You better get excited and give God a radical praise. Come on. Shout. Praise Him. Clap your hands. Ah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's great to be back in the heart. The heart of the bay. Amen. And I've been looking forward to being with you guys. And I love coming up here. Love coming up with family. Amen. With the, my good friend, Pastor Stevan. And how many love your pastor? Amen. I've known him literally his entire life. He's, uh, he's a little bit younger than me, but practically grew up together. And uh, just so excited to see how God's using him and his beautiful wife here. The church. Great things are happening. And, uh, you know, today's Thursday, and they call it Throwback Thursday, right? Throwback Thursday. Some of us wish, wish we threw back ourselves, you know, when we used to look good. But you still look good. And um, I, I, was, I posted a picture of his father right there evangelizing there in the East L.A. And to see how God has really used him. Throughout all those years to help our founder, Pastor Sonny, really see our ministry where it is today. And one of those places I just came back from was South Africa. Pastor Steve was the one that had a vision for it. And uh, many, many years ago, started a church out there. Now they have seven churches. We were with the youth just a few years ago. They only had like... A little less than 200 young people at a retreat. This past retreat, they had over 300 young people. I mean, revival is literally taking place out there. And it all came right here from this church. From this church. You guys play a huge, huge role in Victory Outreach International. You're part of a legacy. So I'm going to say legacy. And so when I came up here, I don't take it lightly because I know where I'm at. Amen. I come to a, a very special church, a church that has really deep roots within our ministry. And I'm so blessed to be here. Also great to see Pastor Eric. Amen. TG boy. <laughs> and it's great to see how God's using him up there in the state of Washington. Amen. Some people thought it was like Washington, D.C., but that's a different place. All right. And uh, it's great to have him. Also the UTC. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, also the pastor from the Spanish. Thank you for being here. And also Brother Mike all the way from Fremont. Amen. Our gang regional. Good to have you, Brother Mike. Amen. So are you guys ready? I said, are you ready? Amen. Well, tonight I'm going to ask you to take a hold of your Bible. Turn to the book of Mark chapter 2. If you could remain standing, that would be awesome. The book of Mark chapter 2. The book of Mark chapter 2. If you're in Genesis, you're in the wrong direction. <laughs> it's one of the four Gospels. Hey Amen. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Everybody got it? All right, let's rock and roll. It says, again, he entered Capernaum after some days, referring to Jesus, and it was heard that he was in the house. Who was in the house? Jesus was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. 
Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of these scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your mat, and go to your house. Verse 12. Immediately he rose, took up the mat, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Tonight I want to speak on that subject, tear the roof off. Somebody say, tear the roof off. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And I pray, God, that these next few nights that you would literally tear the roof off this place and pour your spirit upon us. We need you, Holy Spirit. Only, only you can do what we need, Lord. Heal, deliverance, freedom, salvation. I pray tonight, God, that you would kick it off and that you would touch every single person. Ignite something inside, inside of our soul. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts. And everybody shouts. Before you see the gift, five people high five and tell them, tear the roof off. Tear the roof off. Tear the roof off. Somebody say, tear the roof off. You know, when I, got, when I first got saved, I, was, I got saved at the age of 19. Then I turned 20 a month later. And for the first six months of my salvation was up and down. How many were like that? Up and down. Totally up and down. And I knew I needed to separate. So in September, I went and separated. There was no UTC at the time. So we went to London, England. And I was there for about four, about four months. Matter of fact, Pastor Mike Vigil was one of the guys who was with us. Pastor Tim Argonzoni, a few others. There was about 10 of us all together. And it was ran like a UTC. We had devotion. We had chapel. We had trainings. We went out to the streets, ministry. And um, one of our assignments was start to start a life group in one of the neighborhoods, a neighborhood, a, a, a real horrible neighborhood. And we were there to start a life group. And we had to find a place. There was nobody from that neighborhood that went to Victoria. So we had to find one. So there was a mom that was, that was hurting, that was searching because she had kids that were drug addicts, kids that were lost, kids that were bound, kids that were just messed up. So she, please come, and you could do the lycra. So we were so excited, right? So there's about 10 of us. We were there. And I remember the first night of the life group, and I took the team, right, went up ahead there. And as we were there, we were in the, the mom's house. And as we were right there, you know, we're having the life group. You know how it is. We're having, you know, the praising, the praising. And, you know, we get in a circle. We're singing, I'm so glad Jesus set me free, right? And then as we're singing songs, the mom's sons and his friends were right there in the corner getting high, drinking, smoking, just totally mocking us, mocking us. Right? These are British blokes. <laughs> and they were just making fun of us, right? 
And all of a sudden, as we're singing songs, then we went into worship, right? Worship, and then you know how it is. You have some of the girls that are doing, like, the wash machine. You have others doing the windmill, right? You have others with the, the rocking chair, right? You ever see people like that? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody has, like, their own way of worshiping. How many, how many are, the, like, the, the wash machine? How many wash machines out there? You guys are like that, like this. Some of them make some big wash machines too, like, yes, Lord. Some are slow, then some of them are fast, right? Spin cycle. Lord. <laughs> and as we're worshiping the Lord, we're singing songs, right? All of a sudden, the, the sun and his friends, they start blowing smoke into our circle. Now, this wasn't the Shekinah glory either. This was straight up marijuana, hash, weed, whatever you want to call it. We're right there getting high, not on the Holy Ghost either. But I'm thinking in my head, like, what am I going to say? Because I'm at his house. You know, I'm just barely newly saved, barely like, what, eight months now? What am I going to say? I'm at his house. I, what am I going to tell him? This is his, his house. And I'm right there just, you know, just kind of like going with the flow, trying not to breathe. Then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, our Blahos, Tommy Jittable, walked through the doors. And they saw what was happening. And out of nowhere, they said, hey, you guys get over here. They totally took control. I was like just checking them. And they're right there. Hey, get over here. And all of a sudden, that, their house turned into a church. And they begin to preach the gospel and share their testimony. And a few moments later, all that son and his friends were in our circle. And we were laying hands on them. And they were giving their life to Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. You know what took place that night? That Jesus was preaching through his servants. Through Brother Art, through Tommy Jittable, as they were sharing their testimony. And here in our text, we find that Jesus was preaching in the house. And the Bible says that the house was packed out. The house was packed out, that there was no room even near the door. And that Jesus began to preach the word. And I came to let you know that Jesus is still preaching today. He is still using servants like you and I to preach the gospel. And maybe your pulpit may not be here on the stage, but it could be there at your cubicle, at your workplace. It could be a street corner, wherever the case may be. But God is still raising up preachers. Are there any preachers here in the heart? God is raising up preachers. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that there was a man who is paralyzed, being carried in a mat. The story shifts from the focus of Jesus onto this paralytic man. He was paralyzed. That word paralyzed means unable to move, to stop or prevent your body from functioning effectively. You can't move. You can't do anything. You can't, there's no response. Your mind tells you to do something, but your body is irresponsive. And I dare say that there are many people here today that you're paralyzed. Maybe not physically, but spiritually. You might find yourself spiritually paralyzed. 
And you might be in that house. Yes, you might be here tonight, but you're paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by hurt, paralyzed by discouragement, paralyzed by pride, paralyzed by sin. And even though you're going through a life, but you're going through life paralyzed. You're paralyzed. You're unable to function. You're unable to move effectively. You're unable to make a difference. You're unable to do anything because you're spiritually paralyzed. And because this man was paralyzed, he had to be carried in a mat. A mat. A mat symbolically is something where this paralyzed condition helps you cope with something. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? It helps you cope with the condition that you're in because you can't face it. It's too hard for you. So you're being carried by something that really you don't want to be carried in, but you got no choice in the matter. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? So you're being carried in this thing. You're being carried. You're, 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 you're going through life being carried in a man because you, have, because you, can't, you can't face reality. So in order to face reality, we have to cope with it by using this mat. It could be a struggle. It could be drugs. It could be medication. Prescribed medication. Hello, somebody. It could be cigarettes. It could be a drink here and there. It could be a relationship. It could be whatever the case may be. But whatever it is, it's something that you have to be carried in. Hello, somebody. You have to be carried in this. And this man, it has a hold on you. It has a grip on you. You're bound by this mat. Are you hearing me tonight? And this mat, it's like, man, you can't live, you can't live without it. And it stops you from getting the breakthrough. It stops you from getting the victory. It stops you from getting your complete freedom. And you say, man, I don't want to live like this. But then you also say, I can't live without it. Hello, somebody. And this man keeps you discouraged. It gets you down. It gets you like, oh, just messed up in your mind. Because you see everybody else running and walking and living and smiling and happy and joyful. Their marriage is good and they got finances and here you are. Being carried in a mat. Your marriage is sour. Your kids are going haywire. Your finances are just totally just rock bottom. You wake up depressed. You go to bed depressed. You, you can't even sleep. Some of you have to take sleeping pills in order to sleep. You have pain in your body. You don't know what it is. You've been dealing with resentment and unforgiveness. And you, you just have to, you have to, you're, you're just trying to cope. And you're, and you're using this mat. Are you hearing me? And this man was being carried in this mat for such a long time. Some of you have been carried in the mat for such a a long time. But then he heard. He heard. He heard that Jesus was in town. Woo! He heard that there was a freedom revival. 
he heard that Jesus was opening blind eyes he heard that Jesus was casting out demons he heard that Jesus was causing the lame to walk he heard that Jesus was touching people he heard that Jesus was doing miracles and he must have thought he said hey if I can just get to Jesus maybe he can see some of you that's what you got to realize this entire three days you gotta say hey if i can just get to if i could just get to jesus maybe i could get my miracle i can get my freedom i can get my peace my joy i can get my deliverance my healing if i can just get to the psalmist writes this he says lead me to the rock not talking about crack neither lead me to the rock hello somebody lead me to jesus i don't need to go to no club i don't need to go to no bar i don't need no cigarette i don't need no drink i don't need no will i don't need none of that if i can just get to if i could just get to jesus then i know he can heal me he can deliver me. He can set me free. Does anybody want to be set free tonight? I said, does anybody want to be set free here tonight? The problem, though, for this man was how was he going to get to Jesus? He was paralyzed. He couldn't go anywhere. So he finds four men. Four men who was compassionate loving and caring enough to carry this man to Jesus see I came to tell somebody here tonight that God's going to use some of you to help carry people into the house of God oh that's a good place right there to say amen some of you God is going to use you to carry people into the house of God because your pastor and your pastor's wife can't carry everybody that's why God is raising up some leaders. God is raising up some disciple makers. God is raising up some people in the church. They're going to help carry people into the house of God. They're going to call them. They're going to encourage them. They're going to pick them up. They're going to Uber them if they have to. Whatever it takes. But I'm going to help carry you into the house of God. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to fast for you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to help carry you into the house. These next three days, I'm going to be at your door and I'm going to help carry you because I know that Jesus is in the house at Victory Outreach Heart and he has what you need. He has your deliverance. He has your freedom. He has your healing. He has it and I'm going to help carry you. Now, don't you dare pick me up and then drop me later. Hello, somebody. Don't you dare pick them up and then drop them. Hello, somebody. They've been dropped too many times. I can't afford to be dropped anymore. I got too many bumps. Hello, somebody. I've been hurt too many times. So if you're going to carry me, then carry me all the way. You hearing me tonight? Carry me all the way. All of a sudden, these four men, they carried this paralytic man to the house where Jesus was but the Bible says that they couldn't get near to Jesus ain't that something 
you finally make a decision to come to the house of God. Hello, somebody. You finally decide, you know what, I'm going to go to church. You finally get a ride. You finally get gas in your car. And, you, and something just, boom, breaks down. Something happens. And like that. All right? See, I came to tell you that there will always be obstacles in your way that will try to stop you from getting to Jesus. You know, these next two nights, let me tell you right now, the devil is going to do everything he can to stop you from coming to church. Oh, you didn't hear me. Come on, you got to work with me here. The devil is going to do everything he can to stop you from coming to church. He's going to use what I worked all day. Your wife is acting up. Your kids are acting up. Your dog's acting up. Your fish is acting up. Your hair's acting up. Your makeup's acting up. Hello, somebody. He's going to do everything he can to stop you from pursuing your call, from you fulfilling the vision. Everything he can. He's going to throw obstacles. And these four guys, they had obstacles. You know, the first obstacle they faced was the obstacle of inconvenience. We don't like to be inconvenienced. We like everything easy, don't we? Especially here in California. We like everything easy. We don't want traffic. Hello, somebody. Has to be at the right time. Has to be AC. Has to be electricity. Has to be the TV. We want everything good. But there's some places they don't got nothing. Hello, somebody. They don't got no Wi-Fi. They don't got sound. They don't got LED TVs. I was just there. South Africa. They don't got a lot of that stuff. But yet they still come. Are you hearing me? For these guys, you know what their inconvenience was? It was that they had to carry their friend from one house to another. And it was quite a distance. It wasn't like just around the corner. It was a ways. And, 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 and I'm sure it's like what it is now, like it was back then. At people, 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 people are heavy. <laughs> don't look at them now don't look at them you know people are heavy man when you start carrying them oh my god people get heavy oh how come the pastor didn't call me how come you didn't shake my hands how come the leaders how come they just ignored me how come this how come that all of a sudden man they just start complaining hello somebody you know how people are even your own family members are like that. How can you call me on my birthday? How can you put a Facebook post? What's up with that? How can you didn't like my post? How can you didn't like my picture? What's up with that? I text you. How can you didn't text me? People are heavy. <laughs> An inconvenience is never short of excuses, isn't it? Right? I got no car. Then God gives you a car. I got no gas for the car. Then God gives you a car, and then you got gas. Oh, but the car broke down now. Right? Now the car fixed the car. Oh, but now the hair blow dryer broke down. So I can't comb my hair. There's always an excuse. Hello, somebody. I get off work too late. I get off work too early. I don't know. I need a nap. I don't need a nap. I need to watch my TV. I need to eat. I need to get the kids. I, uh, uh. Second obstacle was people. People. The Bible says that... They couldn't get near to Jesus because of people. You know, the enemy, he knows how to use people. Hello, somebody. He knows how to use people.
to discourage you. Right? And I don't think people change much either from then to now. I don't think people change much. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know about you, but one place is I really hate to go. I really, oh my God, I despise going. It's to the DMV. I just, man, I just, I think, it, I think it, that's a taste of hell right there. I really think it is. Because I wake up early. I wake up early. Real super early. Right? Got to go there. And I just got to get my license. That's all I got to get. Just a license. Not a big deal. Super early. Go there. And all of a sudden, I guess everybody thought to spend the night or camp out or something. And there's a massive line. Like at six, I'm like, what in the world? Is all of California at this DMV? So I'm right there in line, right? And I'm like, man, man, look, I didn't pray today. So I'm already in the flesh because I woke up early. Can I just keep it real? Can anybody, keep, can I keep it real? Right? So I'm right there and I'm in line. I'm like, man, and you're across the way, right? You don't even see the entrance. And all of a sudden you move slowly. Finally, you get a glimpse of the doors way over there. But finally, you see the door, right? And then all the time, all the time, I don't know what it is. All the time, there's this person. I don't know. I, I, I hate to use this word, but I, I think they're folios. I, I just think because they walk past the line like they don't see the line. How many know what I'm talking about? And they start walking past the line like there's no line right there. And like I said, I'm in the flesh already. I got to be honest. I'm being, I'm being truthful, transparent. So in my mind, I'm like going nuts. Who in the heck does this person think they are? Cutting the line like that. Don't they know that there's a line in my mind? I'm like just going berserk. Come on, you guys are like that. Don't look at me. I'm like, man, what? 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 That's, man, what? What, man? I was like, don't they know? Don't they know there's a line? I woke up at 5 in the morning. I'm mad. I'm all, Whoa. Right, so, yo, I'm all, man, just, just flush mad, and, and that person's just walking, walking. But I thank God. I, I thank the Lord. God's, I thank, Lord, thank you. Thank, thank you, Lord. Because God has that one person in the line that says, hey, buddy, there's a line. I'm right there in the line, have freedom revival in my mind. I'm, yes, that's right. Tell that fool. <laughs> Tell that fool. Buddy, hey, the line's back there. And then they go, oh, there was a line? <laughs> I'm sure that's how it was there. Here comes this four guys with their friend, right? And they're right there trying to get to Jesus. And then there's other people who say, hey, hey, buddy, buddy, we were here first. Hey, hey, my daughter, she needs healing. Hey, 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 you got to get it back in the line. Hey, my son, he needs, he needs his blind eyes open. Hey, hey, buddy, my marriage. Hey, 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 buddy, get in the back of the line. Hey, hey, get in the back. But I like these guys. I like these guys because these four men had the type of faith that refused to get discouraged and quit in the faith of, in the face of obstacles. I came to tell you that faith will always find a way. And some of you tonight are on the verge of your freedom, are on the verge of your victory, on the verge of your breakthrough. And you can't just let a few obstacles stop you these next two nights. Don't let the devil lie to you. 
Don't let the devil stop you. Don't let a few obstacles hinder you from you achieving and receiving what God has for you. Some of you need a healing. Some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you need a touch of God. Some of you can't leave the same. You got to refuse to quit and get discouraged in the face of obstacles. You got to rise up and say, hey, I'm not going to stop. Devil, you are a liar. You're going to have to get desperate. Somebody say desperate. Somebody say desperate. You know what these four guys did? They climbed to the roof. Talk about desperation. They climbed to the roof. And here's the great thing. Because good Christians, true leaders, great disciples, they know how to carry people to the top. They don't go to the top by themselves. Hello, somebody. But say, hey, I want to help carry you to the top with me. I'm not going to go to the top by myself, but I'm going to help carry you. Yeah, we're going to have to climb. Yeah, it's going to be a little harsh, but I'm going to help carry you. And all of a sudden, these four guys got to the top of the roof and then came their final obstacle. Their final barrier. There was no windows on the roof. There was no doors on the roof. It was the roof itself. The final obstacle. See, the roof represents to you and I barriers that will try to limit us. Barriers. Somebody say barriers. What, what kind of barriers am I talking For some, it's mental barriers. Some of you do more damage to yourself than anybody else. We just need to lock you up in a room, and my God, your mind will play tricks on you. Barriers. Mental barriers. Some physical barriers. Other emotional barriers. They're like a roller coaster. We don't know where you are. We have to make sure you're fed every day just to make sure you're smiling. Right? Emotional, physical, mental, financial barriers. All these barriers try to limit you. Are you hearing me? That try to stop you. You know, for me, I have a few limitations, a few barriers of my own. One of them, I'm very impatient. Any impatient people out there? Right? Very impatient. Another barrier limitation that I have is I forget a lot of things. Very forgetful. And a lot of times I forget almost the most important thing. When I was in high school, I don't know, I think I was about 16 years old. My dad was preaching somewhere. He might have been here. I don't know. He was out somewhere. My mom was working. My kids, were, my sisters were in school. And it was an early day for me. So I was excited to go home, right, flip on the TV, relax, eat a bowl of cereal, and boom, right, watch Friends. And that night, matter of fact, speaking of the Dodgers, I was going to go to the Dodger game. So I was all excited. I'm pumped up, right? I'm like, man, this is, is going to be a great day. Nobody's home, right? So all of a sudden, I go home, and I forgot my keys. Ugh. My door's locked. Oh, my. I couldn't go through the window, and it was a two-story. There's no way I could go to the... So I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, I noticed that the door was like one of those double doors. I noticed I had a little bit of a give. So in my mind, 
I thought, if I just give it a good push, it's going to swing right open. So I pushed it. It didn't really budge. So I said, I know, I know. What if I do like Evangelist Mondo, that karate kid kick? In my mind, I'm thinking, I'm just going to kick it. Woo, there it goes. Cereal, friends, Dodger game. Booyah. Right? So I kick it. What I thought in my mind did not happen in reality. In reality, when I kicked it, what happened was a whole door, boom! It fell down. Now, Pastor Seven was raving about my dad. But if you know my father, I'm not going to get grounded. I'm not going to get rebuked. I'm not going to get spanked. I'm not going to get whipped. No, no. You know what's going to happen? He's going to kill me. My dad is going to literally kill me. Because parents don't like to pay for things that they don't have to pay for. Can I hear a parent say amen? I'm like, oh my God, I freaked out. I, I freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, dude, my dad, he's going to kill me. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm pacing, I'm pacing. I'm like, my dad, he's going to kill me. My, my dad, oh my God, my dad. Now all of a sudden, boom, genius idea came up. Genius idea. I know, I know. I'm going to put the door back up, wait for my sisters to come home, and when they open the door, oh, look what you did. Wait till dad finds out you're in trouble. These four guys, what I loved about them, they refused to let the roof stop them. They said, no way, I'm not going to let this roof stop me. We have come too far and climbed too high to go back now. That's what some of you, you got to get in your spirit. You have come too far and climbed too high to go back now victory outreach heart of the bay you have come too far and climbed too high not to go back now are you hearing me your marriage your family your life you have come too far and climbed too high to go back now no devil you are a liar i ain't going back so you know what they did they got crazy. They had radical faith. They were tenacious. They refused to let discouragement and barriers stop them. You know what they did? The Bible says that they begin to tear the roof off. All of a sudden, these four guys begin to tear the roof. And I came to tell somebody here from Victory Outreach, heart of the bay, that even though barriers and lies and discouragement and sickness and all these things may try to limit you, but tonight I came to declare to you that you got to tear that roof off. Come on, try it with me. Tear that roof off. Come on, try it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, try it. Tear that roof off. Whoever told you you can't get a breakthrough, tear that roof off. Whoever told you you can't be healed, tear that roof off. Whoever told you your son can't get saved, tear that roof off. Whoever told you that God can't do a miracle, tear that roof off. Whoever told you that God can't bring revival, you gotta tear that roof off. Somebody shout and give God a radical praise. Ah! 
five people and tell them, tear the roof off. 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 All of a sudden, the Bible says that they have broken through. When they have broken through, you know, something happens when you break through. I wish somebody would catch this here tonight. Something happens when you break through. Because on one side of the roof, you're one way. But when you tear the roof and you break through. See, that, that's why the devil will do everything he can to stop you from coming to church. Because he knows the moment you break through those doors. Oh, you ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. Because before you came into the house of the God, you were one way. You had pain in your body. You had migraines. You were discouraged. You were struggling, struggling with suicide and depression. But the moment you broke through those doors and came inside into the presence of God, oh, something is about to take place. So I came to tell you, get ready. And look at you and tell them, get ready. Tell somebody to say, get ready. Tell somebody to say, get ready. Get ready. For your breakthrough. Oh, shout and give God a radical praise. Yeah. Get ready for your miracle. Get ready for your healing. Get ready for your deliverance. Get ready for your freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Somebody shout freedom. I was actually going to title this house Four of a Kind Beat a Fool House, but that's a whole nother subject. The Bible says, the Bible says that they laid the four, this, uh, this paralytic men down and that there was people in the house that got upset, discouraged, and they're like, who in the heck does this man think he is, this Jesus? And so that Jesus said, hey, so that you may know that I am the son of man that has power. What's powerful? That has power. He 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 looked at the paralytic man. He looked at him. He looked at him. Look, 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 look. He looked at him and he said, Arise. That's what's gonna happen with some of you. He said, Arise. That's powerful right there. I could just stop right there. Arise out of your condition. Out of your sickness, arise! Arise out of the state that you're in. But then Jesus said, "Take up your mat." That's where I have a question. That bothers me right there. I ain't gonna lie, that bothers me. Because why in the world would Jesus ask this man to pick up the very thing? that had a hold on him for such a long time they had a grip on him if I was that paralytic man I never want to see this mat again I want to forget about it right I don't want to see my struggle no more 
I don't want to see the thing that held me down for such a long time. I don't want to see the thing that discouraged me, that depressed me, that caused me to be suicide, that caused me to be flushed. I never want to see this mat for the rest of my life. Jesus, I don't want to pick up my mat. Why are you telling me? I'm healed. I don't need it no more. I, I arose. Look at me. I'm walking, Jesus. Why would I want to pick up the thing that used to carry me? Because of the next few words, he said, Arise, take up your mat, and go home. What Jesus was saying, he said, I want you to pick up your mat. And I want you to go to the very people that know you the best. That know your ins and outs. That knows your heights and your depths. That knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to go to the people. I want you to go to the people that saw you when you were a drug addict that saw you when you were an alcoholic that saw you when you were on the verge of suicide I want you to go to the very street corner where you used to deal drugs I want you to go to that same liquor store where you used to buy that drink I, I want you to go to that same neighborhood where you used to steal lie and cheat because when you go to that neighborhood when you go home when you go to that family, all of a sudden your family is going to say, hey, 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 that's Philip. That's Philip right there. Hey, what, 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 what? He, he, when he left, he was being carried in a mat. But now he's home, and the thing that used to carry him. him now he is carrying it the thing that used to have a grip on him now he has a grip on it the thing that used to have been bondage had them all bound up now he is walking around saying hey I want you to know that one day I met a man by the name of Jesus and I was hooked, I was lost, I was bound.